Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30, Chad. Eskimos game coming up Thursday night. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're looking good. They're five and two. The Eskimos are seven and zero. Oh. Five o'clock for the countdown to kick off with Dave and Morley, and uh, the game will commence at six thirty. Then next Friday, the Eskimos home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I, I got to hand it to the texter yesterday who uh, wrote in saying, "Watch out for the Rough Riders. It could be the Green Wedding." A nice reference to Game of, Game of Thrones, which I just started watching, and I'm now six episodes into. So he was able to make a Game of Thrones reference without spoiling it for me. So I do appreciate that. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for coming along for the ride tonight. Speaking of the Bombers, we uh, will talk to Chad Rempel between 730 and 8, long snapper for the Blue Bombers, and a uh, graduate of Salisbury Composite High School in Sherwood Park. So a bit of a homecoming, uh, well, I guess he's playing against his, well, he used to, he was a draft pick of the Edmonton Eskimos, and then it'll be a homecoming for him in September when the Bombers come to town. One of the, the stories, uh, you know, in the NFL over the last couple of years, primarily in the NFL, has been players not standing for the U.S. Uh, anthem. Colin Kaepernick, one of the first big names to do that. We've seen Michael Bennett from the Seahawks do it in the preseason. Marshawn Lynch, former Seahawk, now with the uh, Oakland Raiders doing it in the preseason as well. And uh, I thought it would be uh, interesting to get the perspective of uh, someone who once represented Canada in the military. And I'm pleased to be joined on the line by former Master Corporal Paul Franklin. Paul, welcome to Inside Sports. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? Oh, very good. Well, very I pre- good. Yeah, I appreciate you making time for me and, uh, and, uh, and, and weighing in on this controversial topic. Paul, be- before, we, before we get into the nuts and bolts of what you think and some of the things that have got on, can you, and, and, and some people may know you because y- you have been involved and, and kind of have been, uh, you know, prominent in, in speaking about a few things, but it, give us uh, give us sort of the rundown of of you know your service and uh, the cause and nature uh, of your injuries that uh, have ultimately left you a double amputee. Uh, sure. Yeah, I joined uh, the military in '98, um, kind of looking for uh, pension, travel, and education, and I became a medic. And uh, I really enjoyed the work. I eventually ended up doing two tours in Afghanistan, uh, one in Kabul and one in Kandahar. And then just uh, a week less in my tour of Kandahar in 2006, I was blown up by a suicide bomber and lost uh, my left leg. And then eventually, after a bunch of surgeries, lost my right leg. 
and then I became a double above the knee amputee, and uh, two of the guys in their vehicle had severe injury, severe head injury, and uh, they're doing quite well now as well. So uh, overall, I as much as we lost our diplomat, um, the other, the three of us who should have died didn't, and it's impressive to uh, see why uh, the guys came back so well. And uh, you know, and we're trying to fight to get veterans' rights and all the rest of it. And, and in fact, I'll be doing the Invictus Games in um, September, helping out CTV with those guys. So it's going to be some pretty cool stuff, and watching vets do. Uh, amazing stuff. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Invictus Games because I had Melanie Harris on the show about a week and a half ago and uh, she's uh, going to be representing Canada in archery and, and sitting volleyball. So there are uh, Edmonton area and Alberta athletes going to that in Toronto next month. So, so thanks for touching on that. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, and, and, and again, thanks for sharing the, the nature of your injuries. Obviously, you, you survived a, a horrific experience. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting with some of the stuff going on south of the border, Certainly, uh, you know, Trump's comments today are going to be making news and, and everything in Charlottesville over the weekend. And I was reading about the national anthem at, at sporting events. And, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, people will trace it back to the 1918 World Series between the Red Sox and the Cubs. We're talking about from a U.S. perspective. And I was reading somebody that, you know, that said, you know, you have to remember the U.S. anthem is a war song. Right, yeah. you know, we're talking about, and our flag was still there, and that's kind of a screw you to the British, right? Like you tried, but our flag is still there. So, you know, it stems from battle and military involvement, and and it has sort of become a tradition uh, at sporting events. You know, as someone who served and was obviously, you know, you had a life-altering injury. Um, even though it's not the Canadian anthem, do you look at this and, and do you take offense to it, or how do you view these athletes who are, are trying to take a stance by not standing? Well, I, I look at it as for what we do as veterans and, and as soldiers. So for World War II and, and, and that timeline, World War I and, and beyond, that was um, fighting for basic civil rights and, and trying to make sure that everybody had a voice and freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, the whole whole gambit um nowadays of course that's that's less of a, of a threat in canada for sure in the states maybe less so and so the anthem standing for it um is is the right of every person involved in in the game or, or participating but they also have the right not to stand and, and that comes from our our ability to have free speech and free uh, association so as much as we aren't doing much Canada in, in that regard, we did do a lot for Afghanistan, and so we allowed Afghans to stand um, for their anthem and, and not be with the Taliban. And in fact, as we mentioned, the Invictus Games, Afghanistan will be part of it, uh, the Invictus Games, and, and they'll be standing and being proud for what they are today, a, a free and open society within their own uh, religious context. So, you know, those are the reasons why I, I believe that everybody has that voice. Uh, for sports guys, they don't usually have a, a lot of chance to stand up and, and, and have a voice politically. So this gives them that opportunity, and uh, I don't mind that at all. It's, it's just part of it. It's part of uh, who they are and, and the way society is kind of geared lately. Well, so, so that's interesting. You're, you're okay with these athletes, and, and I mentioned Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch as the two most recent examples. 
Colin Kaepernick may be the the biggest name, and and you know he can't get a job because of, because of what he did. But you're you're okay with a guy using that as a platform to then maybe get interviewed about it and say, hey, I have issues with the quality, or you know, and a lot of the athletes are black, saying I, I got issues with how black people are, are, are treated. So you're 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 okay with them if if they're able to use it wisely, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we. I always want anyone who has a voice to use it wisely. I mean, we've seen all over in Canada and the United States people who have a voice and not using it well in any way, shape, or form. But if I'm to be happy about Kaepernick or to be upset about him, I also have to be upset or happy about how Muhammad Ali um, stood up to his being drafted for the Vietnam War and how he used his stance as the world's best boxer to, to make his point. And at the time, it was quite controversial. But now, as we look back, he took a good moral stand, and, and he was willing to go to jail for it, and he was willing to take the punishment for it. And I truly appreciate that. Um, you can also go to 1968 in Mexico with the raised black fist and how um, they stood up to, uh, um, at the time, it was, I think it was called Black Power at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a way for them to talk about the injustice of the black community back in 68. One could argue that not a lot has changed in, in some parts of that community. So, I mean, this I just see as a, a next piece in that long tradition, if you would, of politics being part of sport. Former Master Corporal Paul Franklin joining us on Inside Sports as we discuss the uh, the debate around athletes not standing for the national anthem, which has been happening in the United States. Um Paul, you know, maybe maybe this isn't a fair question, but it's because it's kind of speculation. But is is it difficult for you to imagine this happening in Canada? And do you think you might feel different about it if a Canadian athlete didn't rise for O Canada? I was thinking about it, and and I was thinking when you're playing state for Team Canada at the World Juniors, and you've been requested to represent Canada, I, I don't think it's a time for for politics. I mean, the time for politics is, is when you get selected and then you refuse to because you don't believe in politics of Canada or Finland or what have you. So uh, as much as I think that people have a right to stand and make a voice, um, I also think that there are certain ways that it can be done. So maybe I wouldn't like to see uh, someone um, not standing for the Canadian National Anthem um, during the Olympics, but maybe like black athletes in Mexico City, if an Indigenous athlete won a gold medal and use that opportunity to make a stand, then uh, I would have to agree that they have that right and they have that um, strength to do it. But I also think that um, if you're going to make a statement, you also have to be willing to accept the consequences. And and a lot of people don't think like that. They just want to get the accolades but not take the punishment. Well, that's a good point. And, and, uh, and I mean, you and I talked briefly this afternoon, and I referenced it. I, th- I fair to say Colin Kaepernick is being punished. I mean, so, oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. he's, he's I, I don't know if he's an NFL starter anymore, but he's probably good enough to be a backup on, on, on some teams. So, yeah, I mean, he employers won't employ him because uh, because of that stance. So, so that's uh, that's interesting for sure. You know, I, I referenced that, uh, and, and people can Google this, so I don't want to go into the whole story, but you can trace a lot back of the uh, of an anthem being played at a sporting event, at least in North America, to the 1918 World Series between the Red Sox and the Cubs. Um, does does the anthem belong at sporting events? You know what I mean? Like, and, and it because I know sometimes you see people will say, well, you know, why do we why do we play it if it's about patriotism and sometimes even war? 
and you go to a hockey game and there's, yeah, a lot of Canadians, but there's Americans, Finns, Swedes, Russians, and Slovakians all in the same game. Um, you know, why are we playing the anthem based on where the game is is being held? And in your mind, does the anthem belong at, at you know, an NHL, NFL game? I think it does. It's a good cohesive voice for people. I mean, uh, you just watch a Blue Jays game in, in uh, Seattle, and uh, the place goes nuts when it doesn't mean half the place is three quarters, if not three quarters, they're Canadian from the Vancouver area. And uh, so when they play the Mariners, it just goes crazy. And so there's this bit of a rivalry between Canada and the United States. And so as the only team in Canada, it would uh, you know kind of make sense. And then if you had the Expos again, and maybe they'll come back, I, I would like to see that same result. Although I do think it's kind of funny that the um, American anthem is based on a war that they lost. And so right. <laughs> for, me, for me, it's kind of amusing. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe you guys need to read a history book or something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. they're they're not big on history, and I think a lot of Americans maybe aren't uh, that big on current events either. But that's maybe <laughs> for another other shows we have on this station. Hey, uh, <laughs> Paul, thanks for thanks for weighing in tonight. This has been really interesting. Before I, before I let you go, we're joined by Master, uh, sorry, former Master Corporal Paul Franklin. Uh, Obviously, you were you were injured by a suicide bomber in two thousand six. Are are you still doing the stuff uh, stuff with the Franklin Fund, or, or where are you at with helping out uh, you know other other soldiers who have been injured? Um, we basically morphed the Franklin Fund into the Amputee Coalition of Canada, and that's kind of my main outlook and out, outwards uh, charitable effort. But also through the Invictus Games and uh, various post traumatic stress charities, and even Courageous Companions, which uh, helps out with the post traumatic stress dogs service dogs for people and and so there's a, a lot of different ways that i've been uh working in my spare time and uh, and lots of travel of course because i just love traveling but uh like i said the invictus game is going to be a huge hit and i uh, get to hang out with harry so it's gonna be awesome all right and 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 quickly uh because when i was uh you know, using the old Google machine this afternoon and a story came up with you and I was like, oh yeah, I'd forgotten about it, but then it rang a bell. Have you ironed out, and, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong or if I don't have the details right, but have you ironed out this absurd situation where you had to prove every year or two that you didn't have legs? Well, th- this is the amusing thing, and, and it's so typical of the military, well, not military, but government in itself. Um, yeah, we did sort it out so that I don't have to... Um, uh, make a statement every year saying that I've lost my leg. We now only have to do it every three years. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, in their view, they fixed the problem. So, I think that's just—I think it's just ludicrous and awesome. It's the funniest thing that could happen. I mean, normally you would think permanent injury—click the button and everything would be fine for the rest of your life. But nope. And so, I just get a, a big kick out of it. And they're—I mean, if they're going to go down this route, they might as well go follow the idiocy. There's a great movie called Brazil. And it talks about bureaucracy and, and, and the idiocy of it. And, I, and it's so, so Kafka-esque and so awesome. So, okay. that's, so yeah, they fixed it. So now it's only for three years. They fixed We're it. So, so you only have to remind them every three years that you have yeah. a, a permanent uh, injury. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for the update on that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Such as it Maybe is. in 20 years, I'll be able to say it's actually every five. So. Yeah, right, right, that's for sure. The that's the dream. It's a dream I have. Uh, Paul, Paul, thanks, thanks for thanks for your insight. I mean, you know, obviously letting people know what you're up to, but uh, you know, for weighing in on the anthem, I, I think it's a unique perspective, a very mature perspective. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you surprised uh, some people with what you said. So, thanks again for coming on Inside Sports tonight. Oh, anytime, and uh, yeah, you have a great show. So. Thank you I'm very much. 
Right on. That's Paul Franklin uh, checking in uh, tonight. He's a, he's a very interesting guy to talk to, very well-spoken, very passionate, former Master Corporal, uh, told the story about a suicide bomber in Afghanistan in 2006. And uh, as Paul said, he lost one leg uh, immediately, and then after other surgeries, uh, wound up having the other leg amputated as well. And he said, and this is a guy who has represented Canada, and uh, he actually said in his mind, you know, he doesn't mind if athletes don't want to stand. Now, he doesn't necessarily, that's not something that he might do himself, but he said, you know, you got to remember if we're talking about freedom and uh, people want to have make a political statement and, and that's the platform athletes want to use to do that, you know, he said, I, I, I can't argue with that. I can't, if, if I were to criticize that, I'd have to criticize Muhammad Ali, not going, uh, you know, not going into the war and some of the stuff he said. So that's Paul's perspective. You can let me know what you think. You can text 63630, the phone number 780-496-0063. And he did say uh, the national anthem should continue to be played at sporting events, and it will be, but this comes up every once in a while. He calls it a cohesive voice for people. Really great to talk to Paul. We're coming right back inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Okay, first of all, before I get to the text line, we had uh, Jack Michaels on the show and I neglected to to give you some Jack Michaels play-by-play. So here we go. Left bomb, high slot. Back to McDavid, who earlier tonight scored his 30th. One-timer, cleft bomb, rebound, score! Milan Lucic with his third career hat-trick, and it's unnatural, Hattie, in San Jose. 4-2, Edmonton, three and a half to go. All right. From uh, the regular season, Milan Lucic getting a hat-trick. He'll be back. Oilers open training camp September 15th. It is 7:24. This is Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet, we're the play-by-play voice of the Oilers and the Eskimos. We have that Eskimos game coming up on Thursday. We'll start the coverage at five with the countdown to kick off the game in Winnipeg. Starts at 6:30. That is going to be a good one, and we'll talk more about the Winnipeg season with uh, Chad Rempel coming up between 7:30 and 8. The Bombers thrice this season have won a game by scoring on the last play of the game. So, you know, the Eskimos have had some close games, so have the Bombers. And we'll uh, get Chad's perspective on how they've been able to fight through those. And don't forget, uh, Winnipeg had that incredible comeback against Montreal in Week 6. They were down 40-28 with a minute 40 to go, and uh, they won 41-40. They recovered a short kick in the middle of all that comeback. So that was uh, one of the games of the year for sure. Uh, text to 630-630. We had prior, for, for, pardon me, former Master Corporal Paul Franklin on the show with uh, his take on athletes not standing for the National Anthem, which has generally been something happening with NFL players. Uh, this texter says, you stand for the anthem to show respect for your country, period. And uh, another texter named Adam says, great guest with good viewpoints. I don't agree with the candy butts not standing. Adam, I thought I'd substitute the word there just to be safe, but I think everybody knows what you said. Uh, And Adam goes on to say, I don't agree with them, but again, it's their call to each their own. It, it's a, it, it, I, I do find this very interesting. And the, the, but here's another thing about the anthem at sporting events. If it's about, and, and, and I'll, 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 I'll ask the person who said you stand for the anthem to show respect to your country, period. Fair comment. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that, but just listen to my question here. If you, and if you want to text back your answer, 
if we're showing respect for our country, whether it's Canada, the United States, Finland, South Africa, whatever, why has the anthem so often become a part of the game where fans make a lot of noise and try to pump themselves and their team up for the game? If it's truly a respectful and, and somber moment, should it not be something that does not include any crowd noise? So I, I, I would, to, to, to the texture who said you stand for the anthem to show respect for your country, I'm wondering your take on anthems like in, you know, Chicago, for example. And certainly we had a lot of noise during the anthem uh, here for the, uh, for the playoffs in Edmonton. Though, I, you know, that noise is people singing along, which is maybe different. Um, but this cheering for the, is, you know, is cheering for the anthem during the anthem inappropriate? Should it not be a time where either you're quiet or, or you sing along instead of it becoming this moment where it's uh, let's all work ourselves into a frenzy? You can text 630-630. Uh, we got to take a time. We got the news coming up. It is 727. So Chad Remple's going to join us in the next half hour of the show. Mike Riley, by the way. Once again, one of the CFL players of the week, leading the Eskimos to that win in Ottawa last week. Uh, Adam says, uh, do we need the anthem at every game, perhaps perhaps only at all-star games or special events? Interesting question. Paul said he does like it at every game. from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, you know, Darius Bowman's been hurt here, but we had Brian Mitchell on the show earlier who said that uh, Darius Bowman, one of the receivers who helped uh, him out a lot, his transition to the Canadian Football League. And Mitchell has been good. Last couple of games for the green and gold, 15 catches for 235 yards, both obviously Eskimo victories. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Blue Jays still trailing Tampa Bay. It is 6-4 in the seventh. Jays trying to claw back in it. Uh, of course, earlier they were down 6-1. Edmonton prospects taking on Swift Current at REMAX Field. Game three of the best of five league championship series. The series is tied 1-1. The game is tied 0-0. Swift Current batting in the uh, top of the second inning. There will be a game four tomorrow. And if there's a game five, they go back to Swift Current. All right, got some texts rolling in here. Uh, again, thanks to uh, former Master Corporal Paul Franklin for coming on the show. Uh, his perspective on athletes not standing for the national anthem. And, uh, you know, he said that is their right to do it. He doesn't have a, a problem with athletes using that as a platform to then maybe get interviewed about it and express political or social concerns. I thought Paul was uh, very mature, very balanced, very thoughtful about it. And uh, we're getting some good texts from you guys coming in as well. So I appreciate that. Um, Okay, uh, Doug uh, says, I texted in earlier, and Doug, you did text in very early, so thanks for following up. Uh, he, he said, the crowd should sing the anthem out of respect. I don't have a problem with game fever towards the end. Uh, best ever was seeing our Oiler fans singing the U.S. anthem during the microphone failure. Uh, that is from Doug, who also says he's a loyal listener. So, Doug, I do appreciate that. 
All right, this is a good one. This is from uh, retired Sergeant Mike Jansen. Texting in, he goes, I like Paul Franklin's perspective, but I feel if you hold citizenship for the country, you stand. If it's a foreign anthem, you stand in respect for their anthem. As a veteran, I shake my head at veteran affairs. Even a five-year-old knows legs don't grow back. That's the other question I asked uh, Paul, who through a uh, procedural bureaucratic type issue has to... uh, claim it used to be every year every three years that he doesn't have legs uh and uh, mike jansen uh, sergeant retired also says uh, given your circumstances paul you have a great attitude cheers mate but mike making the point there that uh, you know you stand out of respect for both your own nation and for for other countries and that's an interesting thing too because we, we at times are at conflict with other nations or don't agree with what is going on in other nations but you still stand for the anthem of that nation because I think we recognize it's it's not on that athlete that you might be competing with or against that you don't agree with his country's politics or, or military stance or whatever. Okay. Um, this texture says, Reed, as always, great show, great topics. My thoughts on the anthem. If the league decides to kibosh it, then so be it. But people forget, especially later generations, that there are people who died for their countries to have sovereignty and freedom. Thus, it is a respect issue. Stand up. And uh, this texter simply says, when was the last time you heard the national anthem at something other than a sporting event? That's a good question. That is a good question. I guess Canada Day? When else do you hear the national anthem, Kellen? Could you answer that? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of stumped. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Top I mean, of I mind I'm, not, as well. I'm, not, I'm not doing that to, to 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 be sarcastic or be a jerk. I, where is it? I mean, maybe look, maybe I mean, I'm, I'm, may, people will tell me if I'm being ignorant. Where do you regularly hear the national anthem other than a sporting event? I mean, unless you have kids that are in school and do they, they play still it at sing a, the, an they, assembly or something. Do they do that anymore at school? That's a thing. I, it's not as I don't, often I, I as would, it used to be. Right? I would be surprised if it's done anymore in schools. Right. And I think it's important to have a national anthem. I mean, I, yeah, where do you hear it other than sporting events? So it's interesting how the anthem has, you know, in a lot of nations, in a lot of nations, uh, it's, it's some sort of a war song. A private, a former Master Corporal Paul made the joke that for the U.S. it's actually a song about a war they wound up losing, which he thinks is kind of funny. And I'm sure a lot of us do as Canadians looking south of the border. Um, but, yeah, and, and, and this, this maybe is a topic for another day because it just sort of uh, occurred to me. So this is going to be my, my one of my many un- underdeveloped thoughts for the evening. Uh, people know I have a lot of those. But there's, there's, there's sort of a link between sports and, and war, right? And, and, and because we all, like a lot of the terms, you know, you got to battle, you got to have camaraderie, you got to get going to the trenches. And of course, you know a lot of sports people will say we don't we don't mean it in terms of what soldiers do, but a lot of the terms they use are the same. The consequences, the the significance, the stakes of of those battles are, are a lot different. Um, but anyway, that's maybe that's something for another day. We can look into that. Um, and uh, trucker Dave 
says, uh, hey, I would have to agree with Paul. It is their right. Why does it have to be such a big deal? And uh, Trucker Dave says, uh, Canadian athletes would never sit for the Canadian anthem. Okay, Matt says, my kid's school plays the anthem every morning. Matt, I, I don't have kids. And it's been a long time since I was in any form of school. And Oh, this is a good one from Sean. I did not know this. He says, the Edmonton Symphony plays the anthem before each performance. Oh, so that's cool. And also... And I bet you they sound great. Remembrance Day would be another place, uh, place in time you'd hear the national anthem at different Remembrance Day ceremonies right. and on uh, the 11th of November. So a right? strong military connection there. Yep. Obviously, yep. that's the you know the ultimate day. Okay, well, interesting, interesting topics. Um, you know, I, I I hope a Canadian anthem. It'd be it'd be hard for me to imagine a hockey player ever doing this, especially a Canadian hockey player sitting on the bench, kneeling on the ice. Maybe not coming out for the anthem. Well, if he did, uh, but but here yeah. here's here's the thing, and I I don't want I don't want to I, I don't want to make inside sports in Edmonton, Alberta about race relations in the United States because I don't think I'm fully qualified to talk about it. But the athletes that have been doing this are generally Black Americans, right? So maybe we they have things to say that maybe we can't fully understand and that we haven't experienced. Is that is that fair to say, Kellen? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the perspective and then the, and the lens you're looking through it, uh, it makes a difference as well. Uh, this texture says, Every morning my daughter's public school in Sedgwick plays the national anthem. They all stand and sing along in their homerooms. Okay, so I, I doubt it's every school, but there certainly are schools that, that still do it. So I appreciate that clarity. Interesting topic. Thanks to everybody who chimed in. You can still text 63630. I'll tell you what, Kellen, let's do our, uh, let's do our break now, and then we'll get to... A grad, a Sal Comp in Sherwood Park. It's going to be Chad Rempel from the Blue Bombers coming up. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley, one of the top performers for last week in the Canadian Football League. Next opponent for the Edmonton Eskimos is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. In about 30 seconds, we'll bring in their long snapper, Chad Rempel. I want to let you know what's going on at REMAX Field. The Edmonton prospects still scoreless with Swift Current now into the top of the third. It's uh, game three of the best of five, which is tied 1-1. Uh, the prospects uh, bounced back last night with a 6-4 win after they lost. What was it in Game 1? Checking my notes here. They lost 13-7 in Game 1. Came back with a 6-4 win last night. Speaking of 6-4, Blue Jays still trailing Tampa Bay 6-4. Uh, they were down 6-1. They rallied a bit in uh, the 5th, trying to inch a little bit closer. They're now on the bottom of the 7th. They do have a runner on with one out, so we'll see if the Blue Jays can pull even. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Ched, pleased to welcome back to the show long snapper for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Edmonton area product, Chad Rempel. Chad, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Uh, we had you on last year, uh, so you're making a bit of an encore appearance here, here on the show. And, uh, man, uh, it's been an exciting season in the CFL, a lot of close games. Uh, I mean, the, the Eskimos have experienced a lot of that. And what about for you guys, Chad? I, I was checking back. You have won, uh, what? what is it, three games where you've scored on the last play of the game to win? You guys are taking the drama to a new level too, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we're finding ways to win. And uh, as we've seen with all the close games, uh, that's been the difference between, you know, the top teams in the league. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, you can look at Ottawa, who hasn't been able to find a way to win in the last 
minute or so. Uh, a big difference maker. I, I got to ask you specifically about that game in Week Six against Montreal because you you didn't just score on the last play to win. You were down forty twenty eight with a minute forty to go. What was it like being part of that comeback, and how were you able to figure it out? To you know, being in really dire straits there. Oh, it it was truly amazing. Um, one of the better regular season wins I've been involved with in my career. Um, you know, the interesting thing about that game is we really we believed we were going to win. You know, as uh, small the odds as they were, but uh, we we had that faith the whole time that we were going to get it done. We were going to find a way. Uh, that's kind of what our team is made of. Um, but, you know, it still is uh, to come away with it. That was something special. And uh, I just feel like our team is really building off of that since then. Is that is that the biggest comeback you've ever been a part of? I mean, you've been playing football since you were a kid. I mean, is, was, was that the I, – I mean, I know you've probably had comebacks from more points down, but in terms of 12 down with under two minutes to go, can you remember being part of a more impressive one? No, I can't. Um, you know, I think one time when we were in Toronto, we were down by maybe 24 uh, when I was a lot younger, which was a pretty big comeback. But we ate a lot of that up in, you know, late second, early third quarter. Uh, nothing this deep into the fourth uh, under those circumstances. It was it was special, and I'll never forget it. What has to happen for a team to pull that off, Chad? Because, you know, I, I love asking question to, questions about attitude and, and morale and, and confidence because, I, you know, I was watching that game and, and, and the drive where Montreal scored to go up by 12, like, let's face it, they reeled off some big running plays and, and it looked pretty deflating. For you guys to recover, I mean, does it take a leader to stay calm? Does it take somebody uh, making a big play early or, or did you sense maybe a lack of confidence in Montreal finishing? What has to happen to get a comeback of that magnitude rolling? I think it's a combination of things. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have you know, just one or two leaders. We have many leaders on this team. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we all kind of believed that, you know, we were going to have an opportunity and we just need to execute. And, you know, the, the other side of that was the preparation. Um, if you look back, I think we had 15 or 16 offensive plays in a minute 40, which is unbelievable. And, you know, our team spends a lot of time working the hurry-up offense, and I think we executed that as well as anybody ever has. I mean, you don't, you just don't see that efficiency, um, you know, when the refs blow it in, we're snapping the ball. We didn't waste any time. So I think it was a combination of both. Chad Rempel joining us inside sports on 630. Chad, his Winnipeg Blue Bombers will host the Edmonton Eskimos on Thursday. And uh, you look at the West Division standings, you guys are a very solid 5-2. and two. I think most teams would take that start after seven games, and uh, you're in third place. And if you lose, you could be in fourth place with an above 500 record. What do you think of this West Division and, and already the, the race going on between the top teams, Chad? It's a lot of fun. I mean, every week, you know, the pressure is on to win, to, you know, to keep pace. Um, I I have a funny feeling that it's going to come down to the last, you know, maybe maybe the last game of the season the way it is right now. I mean, it's just so competitive. Um, but it is, it is fun, and I think it's really exciting for the fans of the league 
you know, to, to experience this kind of football being played. Do you watch other games? Uh, I mean, I know you watch film, but when you're home in the evening, will you will you put a game on the tube and and, and watch it? And and uh, I mean, I know you can't really be a fan because you're probably thinking about how you're going to play against some of these guys. But will you watch some of the other games and some of the close finishes and, and be entertained? Oh yeah, absolutely. I watch as many as I can, and I often record them in case I miss one. Um, you know, this is our job, so my personal view on that is that it is work and there's a lot of knowledge and learning to be gained by every game that you watch and sometimes when you're watching the film you don't get a feel for the the flow of the game you know the down and distance so it's uh it's good to watch it on the tsn feed well that's an interesting question because the the, the film and i know you don't want to give any away team secrets but the the film you guys get um, no, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that generally you're getting a wide angle and it's edited down, so you're not always getting that sense of the energy in the stadium or how players are reacting between plays? Exactly. There's no sound, um, you know, and it's it's broken down into you know you you watch either the offense or the defense or special teams. Uh, you don't watch it in succession, so uh, you just don't get a feel for the game, and you know. Uh, maybe down the road i get into coaching so i i also look into you know how coaches are managing games and uh i try to put myself in those situations you know what would we do in this if, if we have this situation because it seems every one or two weeks there's a you know a, a situation in a game that you just haven't seen before um and you try to learn from those as much as you can yeah, for sure. Chad Rempel joining us inside sports on 630. Chad, long snapper for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They'll be hosting the Eskimos on Thursday. Hey, uh, Chad, you know, I mentioned we chatted uh, last year, and part of the reason I enjoyed that interview is because we went uh, off the football topic a, a little bit. Are, do you still do any bobsleigh? Because you were doing some bobsleigh, what, about seven, eight years ago, wasn't it, with Lyndon Rush? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did, actually. But, um, no, I... I retired the uh, the spikes, you know, shortly after. Um, you know, it was a great experience, but in all honesty, um, you know, that's a uh, it takes a big commitment to do that sport, um, and you know, they're professionals too. So you kind of had to choose one or the other, and and I chose to stick with football, which was my first passion. Okay, what what did you like most about that? I mean, it must be. I mean, I know in football the plays are short, but you're out there for for three hours. Um, the bobsleigh must must have felt like it goes by pretty. In terms of the actual competition, must have felt like it went by pretty fast. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you the the adrenaline rush uh, that you get going down uh, bobsleigh track is uh, unlike anything else. I mean, I've never experienced something like that. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, but you know they. They put in just as much preparation as any other professional athlete. So as far as that goes, it was similar. But the actual competition, I'd say it was more uh, for the adrenaline junkie. Right. <laughs> did, did you ever have a spill, either in competition or in practice? I did, actually. Uh, I kept the helmet because it, it was cracked and shattered after I was done. And uh, when we got done the run, the coach told me, he's like, well, you're officially a, a bobsleigh athlete after you crash. So... I guess I have that. <laughs> so you're almost just sliding down on your head then for a while. Oh yeah, it's uh, it wasn't fun. It okay. Wasn't fun. 
All right. Well, <laughs> luckily you, you made it through that unscathed. Uh, one yeah. more for you. Uh, and this is according to Wikipedia. And uh, I'm sure you know you can't always trust it. So that's why I'm going to ask the question. Are you still a Booster Juice franchise owner? Is that accurate? Yes, I am. Um, you know, I met uh, Dale Wishawan at the grand opening. He's the CEO of Booster Juice and the founder. Um, I was at their grand opening in Sherwood Park when I was in high school. Uh, and I reached out to him two years later and uh, opened a store of my own. And uh, now I'm actually just about at my 17th year of uh, ownership. And uh, it's, been a, it's been an amazing ride. So is that Sal and Sherwood Park you were going to and playing football? Yep, yep. And uh, and actually, uh, when we come to Edmonton, Salisbury is playing Facey the night before when we fly in. So I reached out to all the alumni, and we're going to get together and go check out that game when I'm in town. Oh, wow, that'll be spirited. Okay, so, so you were you did that, and then you opened the, the, the uh, Booster Juice when you were playing for Huskies in Saskatoon then? Yes. So you still did that yes, while you were in university? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, so I uh, I took on a lot, but I enjoy the the thrill and the and the work. Okay, well, that's awesome, Chad. It's it's always great to talk to you. It's going to be a couple fun games this season between the uh, Bombers and the Eskimos, of course, uh, in Winnipeg this Thursday. And you mentioned the return engagement. That's going to be Saturday, September 30th. And I'm, and I'm sure that one will be uh, for positioning in the West as well. Hey, thanks a lot for doing this and all the best the rest of the year. Thanks a lot. Good luck to you guys this year. And uh, we'll see you guys Thursday. Thanks for having me. Right on. Interesting guy, Chad Rempel. Very successful pro football career. Booster Juice franchise owner since he was in university. Did a little bobsleigh, very eclectic guy. Good to have him on the show. Esks and Bombers are going to be going at it Thursday. Our coverage will start at 5. Game kicks off at 6.30. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the Eskimos are going to have Gru and Sorensen back on the O-line. So that's going to be a big help. Prospects and Swift Current still scoreless. Now into the fourth inning at Remax Field. Game three of the best of five championship series. Each team has won a game. Besides Chad Rempel, tonight you heard from Jack Michaels. Bryant Mitchell, former Master Corporal Paul Franklin. Thanks to everybody who texted in uh, as well. Really mature discussion on uh, on the not standing for the anthem issue. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been Inside Sports. 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.